What is up, guys? We are live on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We are connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. And if Lucci and I, and of course Rocky Bobby, can all be friends today after that horrific fucking refereeing display on Saturday, I think there's hope for peace all over the world if, if the three of us can get along. And of course, Jerry Mancini, I'm sure uh, very bummed about the 2 0 loss uh, in the Rome Derby, Lazio falling to Roma. Uh, Jerry, I hope we can bring some sort of cheer into your life today when we just shoot the breeze and talk a little calcio. And honestly, I thought Lazio had a, re- a lot of really good chances in that game. Immobile, uh, SMS had one that he like tried to get fancy and chip over the keeper when he should have just put it straight on target. And dude, your guy, Acerbi, got freaking owned by Jekko on that first goal before that assist. Like, you're all right, Jerry. I- I'm not I- on your behalf. I feel terrible. What fucking game have you watched? <laughs> City, I sit down yesterday, Richard. There were a lot of chances for Lazio. I fucking did one with Scott Moreau. There were a lot of chances in the first half Dude, of Lazio. I saw chances. Bro, what, Am I what wrong? fucking chances are you? No, every chance we had was an offside play, man. That that, that immobile play that he gets he gets a stopped on. It's offside. It, it just it created a, a corner kick. That's all it was. I don't I don't know any other chances but Luis Alberto who had a good chance in the that first half. That was another half. one. I forgot to mention that one. Luis Alberto in the first half. Sergey Malinkovic Savage should have scored hundred percent. I don't know why he's doing that chip pass. That chip fucking shot. And that's it. Those are two chances I remember that Lazio had in this whole game. Where where are the other chances that they came close to scoring in the whole game? That second half was non-existent. It was disgusting. I don't understand. It's not, it's not even this game that pisses me off. It's the last three that have pissed me off. Because we played so good against Genoa, so good against Milan, and so shit against fucking scrubs like it blows my fucking mind that's what i'm pissed off about like the mentality of the, the it's just it, it's so bad the character was so bad against fiorentina like inzaki got it wrong two out of three games your boy vadat mariki fucking stinks oh, fucking hey, res- reeks. respect them fam reeks reeks it's that offside Bro. it's that offside rule don't don't bother Bro. him he, he netted outside rule the guy can't even run <laughs> Never mind. Yo, yo, cool. talk, yo Jerry, kidding? listen to me, man. Talk to me about a Cherubi getting spun by Jekyll, getting humiliated. Sure, he's on Jekyll. a yellow card. He's on a yellow card. He, he takes can see whatever down. card he wants. But my point is, Radu just sitting there ball watching and getting bullied. That defense, that Lazio is not it, my man. You can blame Mauricio all you want. Mauricio's a, at the end of the day, he's a squad player. All right. What we need to talk about is oh, Lazio's defending. No, Simone Inzaghi being a bit of a, you know, he's a bit of a fraud. One, one goal, one goal in 17 games does not cut $18.5 million, okay? You he's are still learning 18. a new league, Jerry. There's an adjustment period. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit, man. No, 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 no. There, there is adjustment, and then there's progression. Yeah, Lazio Merida. You, just, you should just put fucking, you should put Mariki Merida. Never mind. Bro, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, you're, no. you're targeting this man that's a system. Like, he's just a, a random dude that was brought in for squad depth. Like, he's not – he wasn't meant to be your Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not, like, some sort of 50 million-plus signing. No, man. Your defense has holes. It, it's just – it's so glaring and obvious. If Lazio got a good partner for a Cherby, they'd be a different team. But that, mm-hmm. that's 
center back trio is not it. You're playing Radu in big 2021, bro, as a center back. Like, what is going on at Lazio? Maurisic is getting games at center back. What's happening, bro? Like, talk to me about that. Don't talk to me about Maurici. Maurici was a 20 million signing, brought to, you know, maybe shithouse a game here and there. He wasn't brought to change your season. Next year, he'll change your season, though. No, next year, he'll be gone. We'll he'll, he'll be we'll gone. See. I would be shocked. Hold, if on, still... hold on, like, okay, maybe maybe they loan him out because they can't sell him. I mean, if they, if they sell him, it's at a loss. They're they're not going to be able to sell him for twenty million right now. They're they're not going to make any money. You're stuck with us, Jerry. You gotta you gotta respect them. You gotta respect. cheer for them. By the way, respect. I want to introduce I want to introduce everybody because a lot of people listen uh, audio only. So those who are watching us on YouTube, of course, you can see all the beautiful faces and Jerry, and you can see all the names. <laughs> written down so, so so let me go through you, you've already heard this man's voice uh, quite a bit and he's wearing a beautiful intricate rocky bobby is with us and we wanted to bring him for a full episode because he joined us really late in a recent episode and even though he was with us for like 15 minutes he was spitting all this fire so we had to bring him back rocky how you doing sir good good glad to be out here running it back you know no duties to my mother today i'm just here for the calcio podcast so i'm ready i'm, I'm here locked in <laughs> We got Daniel Lucci on, of course, our good friend, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, you know, given that there's two Interisti, two Juventini, and then you know Jerry, who's an honorary Interista, we're gonna have some some discussions about what happened in that game on Saturday. Lucci, welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. A pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, Jerry's a little upset, but we'll we'll get we'll cheer him up. No problem. And so happy to bring Nick back on as well from the Caltro guys. Your beautiful face and that beautiful bald head matching my own. <laughs> Welcome back to you. How you been? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. You guys didn't tell me Lucci was coming on uh, and uh, and uh, he we was going to be the better Juventino uh, in in this group. <laughs> we wanted to make sure you showed up. I thought if we told you Lucci was in, you might you might want to sit this one out. <laughs> That's you know, it. guys, uh, God, there is so much to get into from that Derby d'Italia. And it's obviously, uh, I'm sure Rocky shares some of this sentiment. It was definitely, it was a weird one from an Inter point of view because that game was strictly from, from that side. It was only played for pride. It was only played for... You know, to Conte, for Conte to flex against Juve and send a message, and yeah, maybe in the back of the minds of a lot of Interista, the possibility of of sending uh, Juventus out of Champions League position was a big one as well. But you know, at the end of the day, it obviously it didn't affect Inter whatsoever. That match only affected Juventus, um, and it really, you know, a matchup of you know two of the most historic clubs in Italy really turned into a referee with amazing hair just making it all about himself. I mean, this fucking Giampaolo Calvarese. Guys, it was an absolute horror show from start to finish. I mean, Nick, he, he was handing out yellow cards like it was Halloween candy. You know, he ended up having, you know, two players sent off. Um, three penalty kicks. I thought two of them were uh, two of them were very soft. One of them was completely non-existent. Uh, so really from start to finish, and obviously, listen, I, I can say it as much as I want to from an, in, from an inter standpoint that maybe if I'm doing the math on all the calls made, I could maybe say, you know, I think it affected my team more than the other team. But at the end of the day, that was such a shit refereeing performance that it's hard to even say how that game would have played out if, if Calvarese didn't get it completely wrong from start to finish because so much of the air was taken out of that match. Like, I, I can't even say with any confidence what the score would have been or should have been had they had a competent referee. And, Nick, I'll, I'll start with you. And, and obviously, you know, your team comes away with a very, very important three points. 
uh, after a result of all that madness. And and even though I, I didn't think the penalty that Quadrado took should have happened in the first place, he did bury it. He did score a brace. He was the man of the match in that game. How are you feeling coming out of that whole fiasco? Yeah. Oh. Well, like I, like I told you, Alex, in our group chat, it was it was just an embarrassing game, straight up embarrassing game for the city. You got you know you, your two last champions. I wouldn't say you know maybe maybe you wouldn't say the two best teams in Italy, but the two the two last champions, two biggest clubs in Italy. You know you know a lot of fans are going to be watching worldwide, and you had that. You know I I think with Cavaldesi, um, you know the first penalty, the first penalty on Juve, um, you know maybe it was a bit soft, uh, but. You know we have seen we have seen that called this season before. You, you could argue for it, yep. but then after that, I felt like it was almost like a game of makeup calls. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe it was soft, and then there was the makeup call on Lautaro, and then there's the yellow card on Bentancur, and then you know there's this makeup call, uh, that makeup call. I, I think I felt like it was just a game of makeup calls, and and you know what I found I I, I felt like Calvarese he didn't have control of the game. Uh, I think it was Irati on VAR. I felt like it was basically Irati from on VAR calling the shots because, uh, you know, it, it was that that's all he did, right? Cavalese was just look at VAR, L- look at the video. All he all he did was uh, rely on that, and and that's not what you want. Um, I said it on our podcast last week. Maybe I kind of jinxed it because I said I found this year the City refs were doing a good job of u- using VAR as a as a secondary tool and not relying on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of days later, exactly what happens. They they rely on it. Um, in terms of like the actual like game out there, I mean, there was only one goal that was scored that wasn't an argument, and that was Cuadrado's goal. And I know Daniel Lucci was definitely uh, cheering a lot for that one. Um, fan club president, right there. <laughs> and there you go. But uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we definitely deserved a better game. Um, one where. The referee in, would have intervened a lot less. Well, L- L- Lucci, uh, your your take on the whole way that it played out, and and obviously, I'm I'm sure that there's uh you know a feeling of, of gratitude for you guys to get the three points, and now it's like you know you, you've got th- uh, two Champions League spots for three teams, and it, you have to kind of wonder who wants it the least. Maybe that's Milan because they had an opportunity to clinch it on Sunday, they didn't do it, but. I don't want to get off topic on that. How did you feel, Lucci, about the Derby d'Italia? Yeah, I think Nick hit it right on the head. It was just it was a it was a game that the referee took over. He made it his own instead of letting the teams kind of take it and 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 duel with it. You're all for you know the teams <laughs> battling it out. You know you understand it's a big game. There's going to be some tough fouls, this and that. But he didn't allow anything to like everything was a was a was a card. Everything was a was a foul. Everything was a penalty. And then, you know, eventually there's two red cards towards, you know, in the second half. And um, luckily it didn't hurt Juve too much, but, and it didn't really matter to Inter at that point either. But um, yeah, that, watching that third penalty, you, I, that's tough, man. I don't, and how he didn't use VAR in that situation. Yeah, that was the one time. I mean, I mean, cause like Nick said, they were overusing VAR and then Calvinese yeah. just yeah. decided on the Quadrado call, you know what, now I'm not even going to bother. See, that's that's the thing. Where where's the line of of you know getting comfortable and and you know using it properly? There's just you used it for everything else, but not that one call. It just it I don't know. It seems weird. And but you know, like you said, Alex, we'll we'll take the three points and hopefully um, take another three this upcoming weekend. We'll see how that goes. But I'm not getting my hopes up just yet. 
I, I got to get the inter-perspective from Rocky Bobby. Now, one thing that I was very annoyed by was we got robbed of what could have been one of the goals of the season from Latara Martinez when he pulled off that, like, I don't know, it was an overhead kick or a scissor kick, whatever it was, and then they called a foul on Lukaku on that play on Chiellini, which was non-existent. I mean, that was one of, like, a hundred terrible calls that Calvarese made. I mean, Rocky, like I said, obviously for Inter – Win, lose, draw, it didn't really matter at the end of the day because the Scudetto was secured. But that's the game where fans of both clubs and really fans all over the world deserve to see a clean refereed game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the big issue for me was a lot of Interisti were saying, like, you know, this game doesn't matter. It's for pride, etc. For me, sinking Juventus into the Europa League, the financial damage that does, and even the squad damage it could do, I don't think Ronaldo stays to play Europa League. I don't think CR7 would stay and play Europa League for Juventus. I just don't see him as that type of player. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe not. But it would have done long-term damage to Juventus seeing them get signed. And now we had to rely on Milan, who couldn't even beat Cagliari, and they were in a fucking – they didn't even have anything to play for. So it, it just the ramifications of that in that regard. And then also the fact that Conte made this big deal about, you know, that winning mentality that we're trying to instill. Winning has to be a drug. So I think mentality-wise, if we sunk Juventus to the Europa League, it would just be huge for next season and to kind of usher in our dynasty and our era of you know greatness that Juventus just had to kind of match that. So I was actually a little bit mad, and I, and I was annoyed when Inter was saying, you know, it doesn't matter. To me, it mattered a lot, right? Yeah. And that being said, though, like I was saying in the group chat, I was like, you know, I don't think that Serie A wants Juventus in the Europa League. I'm not trying to be cynical, but I just think, you know, I think a lot of calls were going to go their way. I think that it was a poorly refereed game. But at the end of the day, you know, I think the, the calls hurt Inter a lot more than they hurt Juventus. And I think that uh, Chiellini played an amazing game, just tactically. Yeah. He knew exactly how to get those dark arts flowing. It's the type of player that you wish was on your team, you know, like the Materazzi-esque, like just, just shithouse things. So in that regard, like I was jealous of Juventus, like that's beautiful, that feeling you're doing that. <laughs> you know, so, so it's a lot of mixed feelings for me. But I, I did feel hard done by it. I felt that maybe, you know, I could chalk it up to the referee being poor. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, sit here like there's some giant conspiracy. I'm just saying, you know, I could see why Serie A wants Juventus in the Champions League. It makes sense. Money-wise, it 100% makes sense. Uh, the calls were, were horrific, and they don't balance out. It made it almost look like, here, let's get into a few calls, but give Juventus, you know, the bigger calls that are really game-changing. Quadrado, legacy game. Bro. Like, that's immaculate the way that he played yeah Paris yeah, was chirping on him at uh, before the match put a little instagram post with quadrado on the ground Paris is like pointing at him quadrado went in scored that insane shot and then stole Paris's little l celebration that was a little minor plot line that was going on i don't know if anybody noticed that Paris no, that was insane and then Paris giving that penalty which again poor poor call in my opinion but quadrado very very beautiful game uh can't say enough about him especially this season he's been an amazing player so you know you got to give respect at the end of the day Wish we had some of those calls going our way. We had a few, but not not the major ones. And, uh, you know, I can't – got to respect the game a little bit. You know, if, if Beppe Morato was making some calls, giving us those, you know, dark arts, little shady calls, I'd be happy. I'd be flexing. I'd be saying too bad, like cry about it, you know. So I'm not mad at Juventini flexing either. And that game meant a lot for them. They want to be in the Champions League. I get it. You know, something else – Oh, go, go. Nick, you wanted to chime in? I, I was gonna say, would you would you really say that's the, that the City A wants Juve to play in the Champions League? They barely they barely want Juve and Inter to play in their own league next season. I don't know <laughs> if you uh, guys saw. I think I read today uh, the FIGC FIGC came out with a new law that says if any teams take part in non-sanctioned tournaments, they get banned from the City A, uh, all that. So they they don't. 
they don't want they don't want us next year. That's <laughs> going to happen. Like with yeah. three teams, I don't know what those guys. Are. I don't even know what Juventus is. Was it Juventus, Real Madrid, and Barca? I think they're the last three in there. Yeah, the I don't last, know what yeah. the hell they're even trying to get out of. They're like, what are you going to do? A three game round robbing? Like, what the hell is going on there? Just pull out, take the L. I thought it was a lot better plan, but you know, yeah. Hey, Rocky, I had a follow-up for you, and I wanted to ask uh, Jerry this same question. So, you know, out of the uh, the first two goals given up, how much, if at all, do you put those on Handanovic? Because I thought Honda really should have done better because he stopped the penalty, but he's done it twice this year where he puts it right back in front of him in the six-yard box. It happened against Ibra in the first Milan derby. He does it again against Ronaldo. So I thought Handanovic could have done a lot better on the first goal. And then I'll admit when, uh, and we actually did, uh, Jerry and I, along with Joe Cappuccino and, uh, and black Johnny joined us a little bit later on. We actually did a live stream during the match. So we were watching and commenting on it, like during the game. And, and I'll admit, I didn't, when I was watching it like live in the moment, I didn't put the, uh, the second goal on Handanovic because of the deflection. Cause it did go off of Erickson's heel you know, off what was a, a, a really, really high-velocity shot from Quadrado, but it did deflect off Erickson's heel. So upon seeing that, I didn't blame that at all on Handanovic. But then I got to tell you, man, I don't know. I was watching, like, the super slow-motion Zapruder film replay today, and, like, he still – it was right in front of him. Like, I, I get how the deflection's going to throw you off. And, yeah, you're right, and his arms were, like – they were right, like, over his face, like, in a weird angle – so upon further review, I thought Honda could have done a lot better on the second goal as well. So I mean, how do you feel about that? And and then on, and even on the Quadrado penalty, he didn't dive. Like he's just standing there. So like I'm not saying he would have saved it, but at least pick a side. <laughs> how did you feel about that performance? Oh, one of the one of the worst performances from him this season. He's had a lot of bad performances, but at the end of yeah. the day, like you're playing against Juventus, you really have to rise to the occasion. Just watching Allison Becker fucking score a header for Liverpool, rising to the occasion, and Handanovic ducking under a ball coming towards him, that just put it into perspective for me. Like, the dude's washed, in my opinion. I've, been, yeah. I've never been his biggest fan, so I'm going to be honest about that. I'm not, like, Siavush Falafel, like, level biased against him. But, like, I'm not his biggest <laughs> fan. I'm going to say that. But, but. Uh, I, th I think it was really poor from him, and I think uh, we definitely need a replacement for next year. You know, you can't be ducking under shots. It's just it's bad. It's a bad look. Jerry, I, I want to get your take on the game as a whole, but if you want to start on Handanovic, like, dude, how much, if at all, did you put him to blame on some of those goals? I don't blame him. No, I don't at all. The first two goals are not his fault. Like, he he did what he could. He he made the initial save for the penalty. It's it. It's unfortunate that it bounce it bounces out, but he doesn't make the save. People are gonna say, "Oh, he he couldn't make the save on the penalty." He makes the save. He's still at fault. That that makes no sense to me. I'm sorry. He he did what he had to to prevent Ronaldo from scoring. Ronaldo was quick to react and got the rebound on it. That that's all that it is. It's it's just a little luck for Ronaldo that it just bounces out right at him. I don't see what more Handanovic can do. It was do a terrible penalty, though, realistically. It was awful. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was terrible. Like, you, you, you got it. Like, I'm just saying, like, when you're in that spot saving penalties, you've got, and I know it's quick spur of the moment, but you have to freaking parry it out wide. You have to angle it because he's done well, it multiple the... times where he puts it right in front of the shooter. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, you get just. That. He wasn't. He didn't really hit it with like that that much force in it. Like it kind of just 
slowly kind of went off Handanovich right back into the middle. I feel like he could have probably, like with all of his experience, he probably should have done better. I'm not a goalkeeper. I don't really know. But I feel like he probably should have done better on, on the PK anyways. Maybe the second one, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He couldn't see it. He reacted late, whatever. But, yeah. It just looked strange. Like, he saved it and then somehow kicked it with his leg right at Ronaldo. I was making a joke. I'm like, it looks like these two just made a fucking deal. Like, let's both stat pad. I'll get a PK save. You won't get – you'll get an actual in-play goal, not a PK goal. It looks so stupid. I was like, what the hell am I watching? Uh, really? I don't, I, I don't judge – I don't judge goalkeepers normally on penalties because it's 50-50 crapshoot, man. You 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 don't know how Ronaldo's going to shoot. You don't know what to react. You don't know what's going to happen. Everything happens so sudden with penalties. It's all it's always a crapshoot. Like, how many times does Ronaldo Immobile miss a penalty this year? And people are like, oh, my God, what happened to Immobile? He can't convert anymore. He's a terrible penalty taker. It's luck, man. Either the goalie's – You watch some Lukaku clips, bro. <laughs> It's either you go the right way, you don't. You make the right jump, you don't. It's it's all luck with penalties, in, in in my opinion, though. Like most of the time, you're hoping that you guess the right way, you guess the right instinct of what the player is doing, and that's it. Like, yeah, could he have pushed the ball out maybe in a better direction? Yeah, probably. But you also got to remember this guy's 37 years old, 36, and can't even fucking walk anymore. So that's another issue. So I don't know. I. I the second goal is not his fault either. Guy freaking didn't even see the ball coming. It took a redirection. What's he supposed to do? Yeah. Like, I'll say, uh, yeah, and, and, and go ahead, and, and Jerry, your take, because uh, we, we went around on, on the calls and everything. I mean, how, how did you just think about the whole flow and the way the game was officiated? That's fucking shit. <laughs> I, 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 up. I don't know what to say, man. It's all freaking, like, well, that last call, you know what? It, it's very frustrating because I hate how people. I saw a tweet from Marco Messina, and I'll and I'll call it. I don't give a shit if I say his name. That chooch from IFTV, and uh, <laughs> fucking donkey says, "Oh, well, Bentoncourt got a yellow on the second call, and which wasn't they, really a yellow." Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, though. That, that's, yeah, that's I, fine. I agree. That's fine. But here's the difference, and. Perisic overrides that. Here's the difference, though. That that's a very decisive factor in the game. The the, the call on Perisic. You you go to VAR twice. This can be reviewed. You don't review it for some reason. You decide to review the other two. Both again. I think both were were in the favor of Inter. Like one had to be overturned to help Inter, and the other one kind of favor Juventus, where people are saying. Now you got a third one where let's not fucking go to VAR all of a sudden, and you can't review the foul. the The foul can only be reviewed on a straight red. If you want to give a straight red, that's where it's reviewed. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm kind of mad because I agree with you, Lucci, absolutely 100. percent The second yellow is bullshit. Absolutely bullshit. That. I, I, I said that in my tweet today. That is not where I'm mad about. I agree. I'm just mad because with four minutes remaining and you don't go to VAR to even just review to see what if there was contact or not, just go look at yourself. You already reviewed two other calls which were similar to this one where all of a sudden VAR is like, oh, you don't go. And it's like, 
that that shit just pisses me off. And that, that's the inconsistency of VAR, where let's go twice, but let's not go the third time, where it, it didn't look like a foul to me. And, and I saw the video where people are saying that he kind of clipped him in the side after in slow motion. I, I just don't buy it. I don't know. It's like it's Quadrado initiated the contact. I mean, yeah, like Paris just was just there. Like it was, it was really. It's it's really tough for me to see, like objectively, how uh, how that can be called a penalty. And like like on the first one, I could see. Like I, th- I thought the first one was a little bit of, of a soft call, but I mean, Jerry, we were looking at it together when we were doing the live stream. I said, okay, yeah, listen, if you're going to go by the letter of the law, you're going to check the VAR, then yeah, you can call that a penalty. Like, absolutely. And then mm-hmm. I, I thought the same thing with the Lautaro thing. I thought that was also a really soft call on Delict, but it's the same sort of thing. If you go through the trouble to look at the slow-mo replay and see it, yeah, he caught the back of his foot. That's a penalty. Same thing uh, Same thing with Darmian against Chiellini, but then with the third one, it just it wasn't there. Uh, it just kept getting uglier and uglier. It was like snowballing. The Bendacor yellow the red, and then just that Parisich one was just the worst call possible because it's the end of the game. At that point, you're, you, the referee, are making the conscious choice to decide this game. It, it, it's, it's that simple. And I think referees should really avoid calls at, at two points when they're like half-half, you know. In the beginning, when you can change the entire direction of a game, like very early on, kind of like the Darmian one, and in the end where it's you – no, know, there's going to be no response from Inter that late in the game. It, it's nearly impossible. It would be a miracle, you know. But I think that's when it gets kind of ugly and the referees kind of ruining the flow of the play and destroying you know, the game. And I also hate to hear that, oh, Juventus played hard and they, they give it at all. And fucking that, – that, that just tells me that this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Sorry. Like, guy has 86K fucking followers and daddy fucking does everything for you. And there he wants cool, blood. There he wants cool. blood, baby. Fucking fun Jerry's cool, trying to start a podcast war, oh, dude. They got the fuck, T-shirt man. money. We can't compete with the fucking T-shirt money, bro. Yeah, <laughs> let me. I would never buy a fucking shirt that says Calcio on it, guys. Um, let's just get this off the fucking on the record now. You <laughs> making me spend twenty five bucks to buy a fucking Calcio shirt? I'll go buy a fucking sub, enjoy myself for the afternoon. What if what if it says Calcio Connection, Jerry? What if it says Calcio Connection? Yeah, how about that? I don't know I if I would that. even. I wouldn't even know if I wanted. I don't know. I wouldn't start a shirt that says Calcio Connection. It's gonna be more than just Calcio Connection, man. It's gonna be vibrant. You dude. know what I want? I, I want you holding up the middle finger. That's the shirt. <laughs> oh, that's that'll sell. That'll sell. I promise you that. You, you saying? You saying? Send them. Uh, send them to the glue factory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My boy Jorge. Jorge, what's going on, buddy? Fuck Actually, you know what? The cheat the t-shirts, there's two cheat t-shirts. There's send him to the glue factory, and then there's the one with Jerry holding up the middle finger, and this the shirt just says chooch. Oh, that'd be beautiful. <laughs> I think we gotta bring Horgy on next week because he's got no filter, man. That guy's worse than me. Fuck oh, he's great. He, he'll tell IFTV where to fucking go with better comments than I have. <laughs> Fuck. So yeah, so let's. I thought I thought that that's a lot of good comments on that Derby d'Italia. The the last thing that I'll say on it, and then I want to move on to a few other things. Uh, what's unfortunate about the way that game was officiated? No matter what side you're on, no matter which team you thought was screwed over more than the other team, the unfortunate thing about it is, guys. I know so many people that are friends of mine, people that I work with, who who they like soccer cultural football, whatever. They don't necessarily watch the Serie A. So they watch, you know, game replays. They watch highlights. Friends of mine who are into Premier League, La Liga. And I cannot tell you how many people I know that aren't really into Serie A, but they know what happened in that match. You've been coming up to me the last couple of days like, bro, what was up with that referee? So like, you hate, you hate when, you know, the league that we all love and enjoy, and it's a league that, you know, 
uh, I don't think gets enough respect from outsiders because there are these Prem heads and these, you know, Barcelona and Real Madrid fanboys and stuff. And even like the Bayern people who don't respect Serie A. And if the most attention Serie A gets is from a shitty referee, then that's that's not good for anybody. That's not good for mm-hmm. Calcio. That's not good for, for Serie A. So we need to make sure to cut down on nonsense like that. But the next thing I wanted to go around the table on, I've got in front of me the kind of complicated Champions League scenarios for how Milan. Well, are, are, are we are we shifting away from the Inter Juve game now? Because I got yeah, call... unless you have something no, else. I, I got something. I got to call out Rocky Man, first. Jerry, Man. I, I got to call you. I got to call you all first for what? being a Erickson hater, bro. What the fuck? Yeah, well, what the fuck is Dude, wrong he does, with you? He doesn't Erickson... respect Erickson's hairline. That's the problem. Erickson is in full recession. He doesn't respect I, it. I've been told by an anonymous that I can. I have to call you out. So I'm going to call you out because I didn't know you were an Erickson hater. This guy uh, saved your fucking season. He's the I'm, reason I'm one why. Of Erickson, listen to me. I'm one of Erickson's biggest haters, and I wear that proudly. Motherfucker got a weird hairline, bro, but I'm, it's not even about the hairline. All right, Erickson comes in. Let, let me take you back because it's easy, you know, 2020, it's easy to talk about what is now. But let me tell you about my vision, right? Erickson comes in 2020, January, all right? I'm sitting here. At first, I read the rumors. I'm like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? He makes no tactical sense in Inter's lineup whatsoever. This, this guy makes zero sense. Okay? So I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, this is fake. This is stupid. All of a sudden, he's in a little blue navy blue suit playing some symphony in the orchestra. I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy's actually here right now. Out of all the world, world-class players you could bring, this guy's the – like, why this guy? Anyway, whatever. So he's here. He tactically doesn't make any sense. So the first thing I say is, like, if this man is going to come here, he has to learn to press, and he has to learn to give his all for Conte because he's going to hold us back. When Erickson first came here, he completely derailed our, our Serie A season. We tried to integrate him. We started playing with a center attacking mid. Yeah. We looked yeah. stupid, and we looked ridiculous. We were trying to make our tactics around him because he was the big name signing. All right? Europa League didn't look as good. He just he quickly turned into a role player. Gagliardini was bullying him out of the lineup. It looked done and dusted for the man. Comes in this season, and he's ready to work this season. He comes in tactically and says, you know what? I'm not just going to be the center attacking mid. Conte realizes it, too. Like, we can't keep going with the center attacking mid bullshit, the sexy football, champagne football, because it's gotten us nothing. It got us kicked out of the Champions League. It, it looks ugly. It's not even beautiful anymore. It's just ugly. Erickson gets integrated because he learns to press. He learns to give his all for the team. So he's learned to fight harder. That being said. You know, he'll score a free kick. He'll get a, a crazy shot here and there. He's not the type of man that's going to – he's not going to beat his man in the midfield. He's still a dead ball specialist. He's gotten better at pressing. He's not the best tactical fit to this moment still. He's not the best tactical fit. He's, he's a good passer. He'll hold the ball. But when you're down, he's not going to completely change your game. I'd still prefer DePaul. I'd still prefer – Oh, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd take Pellegrini over fucking Erickson. I don't give a fuck. But uh, my, my point is he's still not the best tactical fit. But I will respect him in that – he came in here and he, and he worked on his game and he changed his game to benefit the team. So I'm still an Erickson hater just because I'm biased, but I'm going to respect what he did for us this season. He changed our season, you know. So that's that. Dude, I, I think that's well said, Jerry. Because no, I, I, I was hate, the same no, it's way. It's wrong, man. It's all wrong because you, no, it's you, very you shouldn't hate. Then you should hate Mariki too. Then the fuck's the difference? God, I'm not a Lazio fan, bro. What I tell you, Jerry? Look at this. Look at this chain, bro. I'm not oh, going to hate Mariki. That's my blood, Jerry Mancini. Fuck, man, I would that's take Erickson over. I would put fucking Erickson at the number nine over that fucking guy. 
I would put Erickson as a fucking number nine over Marici. That's all oh bad he God, is, you okay? would, Jeremy. Don't even Fuck. start with me. No, you would not. Ter ter terrible, Marici. Like, his first season is probably worse than fucking Erickson's first season. At least Erickson provided something. There's some hope. There's something he can give in your lineup. Like, did you see – who? anybody here watched the Parma game last week against Lazio? Go the fucking watch now. the highlights, okay? The guy had a fucking – nobody on him had a clear shot on goal. You know what he does? He whips the ball across the box and, and like, it's nowhere near the target. Like, he's helpless. The guy can't shoot. The guy's got cement feet, okay? I call he's him cement feet. He's trying to help his teammates, you know? No, oh, man. man. The guy can't he's got, a, he's got a heart of gold, Jerry Manchin. Oh, man. You know what? You, you know what he's, he's perfect for? A center back. The guy is perfect to be a center back. For he, his he's height. perfect. To be, if I'm going to be honest with Jerry Mancini, he's perfect to serve me shisha at the shisha bar. That's what he's perfect for. But my point with, with Morici is uh, you, you just, you're going off the rails here with Morici, man. Like, this no. guy's the least of Lazio's issues right now. Your president is not helping you invest in a proper center back. You're holding your big players hostage. Congratulations. You're keeping SMS there on, under ball and chain. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to improve that defense if you want to get serious. And I respect Lazio for winning yeah. the uh, Italia, right? But we you got to mentally because you keep collapsing every single season. We're like, oh, Lazio's going to do this. Last season, was Lazio's going to challenge for Scudetto. Well, Zaki isn't it, bro. Like, he, he's there, but he's not it. He's just another top four specialist. He's probably out the door, right, Jerry? I think Inzaghi's gone. I he tell you right now, if Inzaghi was manager of Juventus this season, they win the Scudetto. I'm Get serious. out of here, Jerry Mancini. I, I think they win it, or or they even compete. They're not as bad as what they will be this year. Yeah. Bro, Those are two very different things, winning it or competing. I'm telling two you. very different things. Well, first <laughs> off, Inzaghi has never been given that much depth that Juventus has. Okay, fine. They don't have a strong midfield, but they are much stronger in much other areas compared to Lazio. You know what would happen better... the first day of training? Inzaghi's going to start yelling at Ronaldo, or Ronaldo's going to tell him to fuck off, and then yeah. the that's it. The team's done. Because Ronaldo makes eight times more money than he makes. <laughs> that, that, so that would never work. Fuck off. Never, ever work. Anyways, <laughs> carry know, on with your rant. Go ahead. I, I just think that Inzaghi would give it something different, like just tactically everything. Pirlo's a fucking walking zombie. Like, he's got no idea what the fuck's going on. It's Pirlo's first season, though. You yeah. Know, uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I actually rate – Pirlo, and I still rate Pirlo um, because I think that, you know, it's his first season, so I'm not going to write him off. I think he can still be a great manager someday down the line. Um, I, I don't think that it's time for him to take over Juventus. It was a strange move for me. Yeah. Um, but, but I do rate him as a manager. Inzaghi, I'm just going to say this about Inzaghi. To me, like, he's very overrated. His ceiling is Spalletti level, and Spalletti, I'm not saying anything bad about Spalletti, but my point is he's a top four. Like, he'll get you top four sometimes. Um, but he's never going to win you the Serie A. He's never going to win you anything huge. He'll win you a Coppa Italia. One-dimensional in yeah. You know what? Maybe he's one-dimensional because it's it's what it's given to him. He's got a starting 11 that he has to be one-dimensional because that's just the way he has everyone implementing this continuity. You give him a, a bench. You give him better players to work with. All of a sudden, he can – kind of think outside the box. Look what happened when he started going to bench players against Parma, Fiorentina, and freaking Roma. It became a disaster. Like, but it just didn't squad, work. Squad-wise, do you think that Lazio and Milan, for example, you think Milan has much better of a squad than Lazio? Like, you think Milan's squad is that much better than Lazio's? I don't, personally. You don't think so? I, I, think, I, I think they're a little deeper, but I think Lazio yeah, has yeah. a better 11. I think I think yeah. Lazio's best 11 yeah. are better. Exactly. So that's my point. It's like if Pioli can, uh, you know, fight, can somehow get, I don't rate Pioli either, but 
you know, I, I think Inzaghi, we're kind of like right, kind of giving him excuses. The depth, the depth isn't necessarily there. I agree. I think he needs another proper center back to really solidify that starting eleven. But for me, just the signs that I get from Inzaghi right now, he's not going to be anything like crazy. He's not going to be a generational man. I don't know, man. Before, before Inzaghi arrived, you got to look at this. He he brought them to European competition five years in a row. No other manager's done that with Lazio, who knows how long. I think that's a big accomplishment. So they were really not not making European competition for like who knows how long. And then you got a Coppa Italia that he he managed to win in a season where it really went bad, and they weren't going to make Europa League at best. So he managed to salvage that. He's won two Super Coppa Italias, I, and I know people say it's not a, it's, it's a meaningless trophy. For a guy like Inzaghi, he'll cherish it because of the team he has. Like, Lotito spends like $10 million a season. And, and look what he does with a budget of 10 to $20 million. Imagine if you give a Juventus squad who spends $100 million what he can do and the players he can finally buy. That And that's another thing why he hasn't signed a contract yet. He wants guarantees that he'll be able to bring players in to Lazio. He has no guarantees. You, you want to hear the transfer market of the last two years of what Tade has bought? Bag of shit. Lazio <laughs> has been the only good thing that they've bought out of everyone. We spent $14 million on Dennis Vavro. There's your center back that, that was the best player in the Danish league. I thought he was going to do well because of what, <laughs> was hyped, what was hyped around him before he came. Didn't pan out. Like, there's so many more. I, I don't even have the list on me right now, but, like, the biggest mistake was signing Marici, and not because of the player he is. It's the it's the money they spent on him when they should have bought a center back. Yeah. I agree in that regard. I, I don't disagree with you there. I, I don't. I that's, don't disagree that's the all issue. There, that's yeah, the I, issue. I actually because completely agree in that regard because I think that the center back position again, very very uh, important for Lazio, and it's, it would change their complete uh, lineup. Um, but what I was going to say was. My issue with Lazio, I understand that they don't have the best depth, right? But the, when I see certain games in Europa League, for example, or when I see certain collapses from Lazio, it looks to me like a team that doesn't have the mentality. And that's that's where my issue with Inzaghi starts, is like there's some big games that can change a season. And in those moments, his team seem to collapse completely. No it's matter who's in the starting. Uh, usually it's on the captain, the too. What's that? It's on the captain, too. Uh, and I agree with you. I honestly, okay, so I wrote an article last summer thinking that Immobile was the right guy to be the captain. I remember that. And like, I remember, I thought he had the mentality. I, I really respect people who've been with the club for a long time, who understands the values of the club, um, his work ethic, what he's been able to accomplish as a player. But then you also have to remember what do these people are like inside the dressing room? And, as much as he's a he's matured as a player, it's a lot of pressure on a striker, and very few strikers are captains. And and if you really want to know who the captain of this team will be, and you'll be, I think it's gonna be Sergei Milinkovic Savage. He's Should the be. guy. Yeah. That's the guy who has to be captain of Lazio. You give him the armband, he's not leaving because it becomes his team, and you build around him. And that's why I I'm still committed that he stays. And Alberto's the guy who gets sold. That's the guy who's 27, 28 years old. He's in his prime. You still got a few years left on, on Savage before you either want to sell him or you don't want to sell him. You're not in a situation where you need money. So that that's where it comes down to is I think Savage is the guy you build around. Not even a Cherby. 
People think that Cherby should be the captain of this team. Cherby's no. 90 years old. He's old. Yeah, yeah, he's 150 absolutely. years old. Now it's Savage's team. And the last question now is, who's to say Latito will be the owner by June 25th? People think, why, why, why is it crazy to think that maybe an oil-rich company comes in and buys Lazio? And Salernitana is his Oh, God, I hope they buy Inter first. If there's a freaking oil-rich yeah, company out there, yes, send, send them in my – I will broker the deal. Send them right over here's, to me. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. A guy who has to buy Inter has to pay off that debt too. You know what I mean? So the value of Inter is so much higher than what, what it should be because there's just so much to take on. There's also more like immediate commercial potential because you have to like introduce a whole lot of new fans to Lazio, whereas Inter is it's a more recognizable brand. I know there's a lot of debt, but it's friggin' oil tycoons don't care. I mean, Jerry, last time I drive down the fucking street, gas prices keep going up, not down. I think these oil tycoons are doing fine. Many, 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 many. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm convinced that an, an, someone's going to buy Lazio. I, I, the more I think about it, man. It's going to be some other Italian business. Eric, a lot of, it's not going to be oil money, I don't think. Jerry, I feel bad because I remember when Eric Thor was Inter's president, I would I would sit up at night hoping the same thing. I'm like, give me some Man City treatment. Give me a little bit of that PSG money. It never came, Jerry. The most we got was tuning Jerry Mancini. We got a little communist money, you know? And that could get shut down at any minute, so... I feel bad. I feel your flight here. You know, in FIFA, I'd be like, oh, give me that a little bit of a financial takeover. I hope it comes for you, but I don't know if it will. I, hold <laughs> I, on. I, 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 I want to move on to uh, to Champions League races because this is really tough. Like I, I have in front of me the very complicated scenarios, and there's two spots for three teams, right? You've got Milan, Napoli, and Juve fighting for two Champions League spots. Now, uh, and I'm going to go through the full scenarios. Now, if I look like Obviously, the head-to-head matchups, Milan have the toughest, but there's also scenarios for them where they don't even have to win their game to get through. So it's very complex. So for Milan, and they have Atalanta in the final match day, which is really tough. For Milan to get in, there are four possibilities. If they beat Atalanta, boom, they're in. Uh, If they tie and then one of Juventus or Napoli don't win, they're in. And there are actually two scenarios Milan can get in even if they lose, right? So if they lose and Juventus don't beat Bologna or Napoli don't beat Verona, then Milan can get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Napoli, Napoli's scenario. Uh, they beat Verona, they're in. If they tie and Juventus don't beat Bologna, they're in. If they tie and Milan lose to Atalanta or if they lose to Verona, and this is where it gets crazy because of goal differential – if they lose to Verona, they have to lose by less than nine goals. That seems doable. Uh, losing by less than nine goals, is, it's that they're probably going to be all right there. And Juve don't beat Bologna because uh, Napoli have 85 goals scored. Juve have 73, so they need to you know remain one more goal in the plus. And then here's the scenario for Juventus. If they win and either Milan or Napoli don't win, uh, or if they tie and Napoli lose to Verona by 10 goals, <laughs> there's the goal differential. So those are the two scenarios for U of A. And it's it's really tough. I mean, because, again, Milan have the toughest head-to-head matchup, but they can still get in even if they don't win. Something about my gut is telling me, based on the way that you know Milan performed against Cagliari, like I, I kind of feel like they won't get in, but at the same time, maybe they'll lose to Atalanta and still get in. But my gut is telling me it's going to be Napoli and Juventus sneaking in and Milan just being on the outside looking in. 
What do you think, Nick? When you think about those scenarios, uh, who do you think the two teams are that that take those two spots? Who's the odd man out? Well, you know, like Milan and Napoli, they control their own destiny, right? Uh, you know, for Juve, uh, you know, they, they need to be Bologna. They need to do that first thing, you know, fo- focus on that first and then hope for a result in the other two games. But the thing is, you know, if Juve beats Bologna, for them to not make Champions League, both Milan and Napoli need to win. You know, n- no draws, right. two wins, and and Milan is playing Atalanta. For me, that game gives me a bit of hope as a Juve fan because Atalanta, they're not guaranteed second right now, and they definitely want to finish second. It would be their, I, I'm pretty sure it would be their best ever result yeah. in Serie A. And you get a bunch of, I, I believe, like 10 uh, extra million euros yeah. with that. And, and you know what? They're just a team. They don't let up. You watch their games this season. They don't let up. They continue scoring. So, you know, after Wednesday, after Wednesday, after the Coppa Italia final Wednesday, I'm going to cheer for Atalanta come Sunday. I'm going to cheer for Verona. I don't have that much faith in Verona because Napoli's playing really well lately. Um, they're getting the results. Um I personally say that Juve and Napoli go through. Go through. I'd want Juve and Milan to go through, just because you know Milan's been so many years without Champions League. It'd be nice to have Juve, Milan, and Inter together in the Champions League like in, in the season. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but you never know. I mean, Milan. What happened uh, against Cagliari? I feel like I feel like they they kind of got ahead of themselves because they're they're probably telling themselves. Oh, we just need a win to cha- to to guarantee the Champions League spot against a Cagliari team that you know they have nothing left to play bottom bottom of the table, and and they fell f- flat on their face. And um, you know Cagliari they they've been good. They've been good, especially the second half of the season. They've had to claw their way out of the relegation zone. So I mean they they weren't a pushover team, but I think Milan just took them too lightly. So now it's they they have to, um, you know, like you said, not that they have to win against Atalanta but um you know if if they if they don't win it helps Juve even if even if it's a draw even right. if it's a draw it's good enough for Juve as long as Juve beats Bologna so uh I I still have I still have pretty good hopes for for Juve's chances yeah honestly honestly I I do as well and it wasn't you know of course it wasn't even just the result against Inter because I still thought you know Milan are going to win on Sunday that's going to be irrelevant but then the Kagety thing just threw everything for a loop. Uh, what do you think, Lucci? Out of out of those three teams, you got Milan, Juventus, Napoli. Only two get in. Who's the odd man out? Well, for me, after that that Sunday match, um, I'd have to, I, I'd have to go Milan just because of their matchup and because they're missing Ibra. Um, you know, Chalanoglu looked awful. Um, you know, but then, you know, he played pretty well against Juve. So it, it all depends what kind of mentality they decide to show up with. Yeah. I know Juve obviously didn't push them back when we played a few weeks ago and they kind of just stopped, you know, stamped all over us. But then yesterday, Sunday, uh, yeah, yesterday, uh, they just looked like a completely different team. Like their head wasn't in it. They're like, okay, we're already in, you know, it doesn't matter. And they, and they blew it themselves. But what worries me, honestly, is that Juve is going to have a tough time trying to beat Bologna. Bologna. You know, we haven't seen, you know, them being consistent all season. Uh, I don't think they've won three in a row all year. So this would be the first, this would be the first time they've done it all year. And, 
um, you know, hopefully they can find it in them, you know, the end of the season um, to do it. But uh, like, I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes up just yet. I know it's going to be a little tough and um, yeah, I, I, I obviously of course want UVA in, but uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And I don't see it just, you know, it's not going to be an easy game where you walk in and, you know, Bologna is going to lay down and, and let you, let you, let you beat them. So, yeah. What do you think, Rocky? Who gets in? Who Who's out? It's funny because Juve is the only team that doesn't really have their destiny in their hands, and I still feel like, for me, they're the favorites over Napoli and Milan to get Champions League at the moment because two things. The vets on that – Pirlo hasn't had the best season, but the veterans on that team, you have CR7, you have Chiellini, the mentality there, I think those two guys push Juventus over the line for Bologna. In my opinion, I don't think that Juventus lose to Bologna. Um I, I think that that's when you really see the personalities come in, the big personalities. And you even saw it against Inter. Uh, Chiellini was, was massive in that game and, and his uh, know-it-all. and uh, So that's huge in that regard. But as far as Milan goes, you know, I feel like we gave them our pazza. You beat Juventus. You have a, an amazing game. And then to lose to Cagliari like that, it, it's insane. It, it's like you just want this blockbuster finish for yourself. So what, what what's going to happen is you're either going to get screwed because you bit off more than you could chew, or you're going to – Cause a beautiful, it's, it's going to be amazing. Like when we beat Lazio to get back into the Champions League. Um, so, so you're setting up for one of those moments. If Milan lose this game, uh, they're going to get completely, everything they've done this season, I, I think it's washed away. All their lone players going back. They're going to start from ground zero. It's going to be hideous. Uh, I don't think Pioli should keep his job, whether they make top four or if they don't make top four. I don't think he should. Uh, but it's just not good for Milan right now. I don't see it ending well. I think Atalanta, as you guys said, is going to fight. And I think Ibra hurts them as well. Like that, his mental, his winning mentality, his veteran leadership point. hurts them. Um, but yeah, I, they're I'll, a pretty young team. Yeah, yeah. Team. And like Liao or Rebic are not real uh, center forwards. Mandzukic can't play a full ninety or seventy minutes. And I, you know, there's one thing that you know. Now that I think about it, it kind of just bugs me that. You know, yesterday and today, I see Milan fans complaining. Oh, it's Juve's fault. Milan couldn't couldn't win their game on Sunday. You know, it was the referee's fault that you know Juve uh, were in their heads and this and that. Like, our game has you know whatever because we got in your head because we won has nothing to do with you guys going out and doing your job. So I don't want to hear that nonsense. But well, you I, know, it reminded me a lot of it was uh, you know a few years ago uh, the the Derby d'Italia the Orsato game and then Napoli ended up you know choking away the Scudetto and of course yeah. you know, even though even though they had that that disaster class against I think it was against Fiorentina of course you know mm-hmm. they, they were still they were still blaming Juventus and whatever so it, it, it's tough uh Jerry I'll, I'll get to you on this my friend two Champions League spots Milan Juventus Napoli which two get in which goes to Europa League oh Juventus is going to Europa League oh yeah did you hear what did you see what uh Mahalovic said, don't worry, we're going to have a proper referee for that game. I was like, what the? When he says it, it's amazing. He's like, we're going to have the right referee for that game. Don't you worry. He's like, I'll make sure of it. I was like, oh, this is great, man. When you got coaches calling out Juventus now. That's 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 the last thing you want. But you know what? Milan plays as the visitor, and for some reason, it benefits them. They they go from like that's true. Being, being a, it's like we're like that that werewolf thing where the boy freaking is normal during the day and at night the werewolf comes out and that's fucking Milan man like day Great and point. night man like and then you got Napoli who 
plays at home, and they're a much better team at home compared to as the visitors. So that really helps them a lot. And I understand there's no fans in attendance. I get that. But that's not my point. My point is sometimes you, you, you're just more comfortable in your in your surrounding. And so for some reason, these both work for both of these teams. Juventus is going to win their game. I agree with you guys. I just think that all three are not going to drop points on Sunday. Um, wow. That that's just the way I, I see the reality of it. Um, what about I know Teo Hernandez. How's he gonna play? Fucking uh, that's that's the that's the, that's the million dollar question. That's the million dollar question. But uh, fuck, I I you know what? What scares about me? What scares me, Rocky, about Juve is one thing here. Thirty six different lineups this year. That doesn't that doesn't concern you where you're gonna go into your another game with probably a different lineup again, no continuity. That's the thing that has hurt Juventus this year and has kind of restricted them from winning more games. I think that had they had a set lineup, at least for five, six, seven games, you can build something. Yeah, And, and I honestly think Juve were fortunate to win without having Dybala in the lineup on Sunday, on Saturday, because I think that was stupid. There's I think that was decision. more of a tactical move, though, from, from Pirlo. Just based um, I didn't on like it the work, work rate compared to Dybala's backtracking cover Brozovic kind of kind of thing, but I, I I I thought the same thing at first, but then someone mentioned that to me and I kind of thought about it, and uh, just, it makes sense. With Dybala though, it's it's insane. It's like what's going on with these managers that not a single one of these Juve managers is rating Dybala anymore. So Weird. to yeah. me, I'm starting to question. He's obviously talented. So then my question is, what's going on in practice? What's going on in the locker room? He's dedicated to Juventus, clearly. He doesn't want to leave. So I'm just so confused by that. I don't know if you guys have any more info about that, but that's baffling to me. It's it's tough because, you know, we've gone through a few managers now, and it just seems like no one knows where to play him, where his best position is. And, and like, that's a problem. When you when you try to be an elite player, you classify yourself as a, as a top player. You want, you know, I'm going to resign, but I want $15 million. But, like, how can you how can you ask for that money when you're not a versatile player? As as talented as you are, you can only play one or two positions. You need to be able to to switch to be versatile to help the team out. Whereas, um, you know, the likes of Kesa or Kulusevski, although maybe not uh, as skilled as DiBala, are more capable of playing in different positions where they can help the team. And you know, DiBala's kind of been like that for the past few years, and that's kind of held him back. Um, I find with Dybala, he played his best under Allegri and with Higuain. So up until 2018, I, I find after Ronaldo came, it was almost like it was Ronaldo or Dybala, not Ronaldo and Dybala. Mm. You know, there were a couple of stretches, especially on the Sadi, where they, they played well together. Um, pretty much pre-pandemic, I found they were the best uh, yeah. together. Um, I mean, with Dybala, pretty much ever since the start of, of the pandemic, like, everything's just gone wrong for him. You know, he had COVID. Um, it hit him pretty bad, you know, pretty bad for an athlete uh, where he said, he, you know, he struggled to train for a couple of weeks, um, you know, and then he had, he had like a, a stomach infection and then he had an injury over the winter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, everything's gone wrong for him this year. Uh, so it's hard to, hard to judge. I mean, I, I, I love Dybala. I, uh, I would love for him to be, you know, the next long time Juventino. It's already it's already six seasons he's with Juve. Um, you know, I, I you know I really want him to stay more. I think, you know, I think this season, depending what happens on Sunday, depending what happens on Wednesday, 
you know, if, if Ronaldo leaves, obviously if Ronaldo leaves, you know, they're going to have to keep Dybala. He's, he, he's going to have to become their center point of the attack. Maybe they're going to have to find a player like Higuain, like that, you know, out and out number nine, because Ronaldo is not that typical number nine, right? So, right. so maybe Dybala plays best with that typical number nine. Um, we haven't seen much of Morata and Dybala this year, so we can't judge on that part. I would love to see more of that, you know, throwing it back to like 2015, 2016. But, um, you know, uh, for whatever reason, we haven't. And, uh, you know, obviously the injuries and then, you know, Marata's not been, a, you know, uh, he had a good start to the season, struggled a bit. I'm still a fan of Morata though. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you, you know uh, go ahead. I just want to make a quick point about what Nick said. He was saying that Dybala and Ronaldo can't really play that well together. And it's interesting because when you go to Argentina and, and Dybala is playing with Messi, same exact thing. It's yeah. like one or the other. You can't play with both. So I'm wondering what the hell is – like this guy's opportunity to play with two of the greatest players of all time, obviously, and he can't make it work with either one. Is it like a – I don't know if it's a mental thing for him. Like he's got – I don't know. It's, it's insane if you think about it, though, because Messi – it's not like Messi and CR7 are the same type of player either. So these are two completely different types of players. Can't play with either of them. You know, it's really strange. He didn't get the call-up, actually, with Argentina. They didn't yeah, call him up. He yeah. kicked off the team, yeah. Yeah, so – but that – when it comes to decisions like that, that actually comes from Messi. Apparently. Oh, 100%. A thousand. That's why Icardi is not on, on Argentina. Because he, he's, he's friends with Maxi Lopez, huh? Messi. Yeah, Something yeah with, they, they are actually. They're, they're tight, yeah. And, and obviously, you, like it, it, it hard, it'd be hard to say right now that Icardi would deserve the call-up. But a few years ago, he did. And he wasn't getting it because of the Maxi Lopez thing. Uh, a couple more things I wanted to go through, guys. Before we wrap it up, uh, th this kind of goes back to Milan and the Champions League race. Uh, I, I found this quote from Pioli to be borderline shameful. Like I, I actually, I, I feel bad for Milanisti. You know, hearing hearing your coach saying stuff like this. So Stefano Pioli said, "Quote: Not finishing in the top four would be a disappointment, but not a failure." I mean, listen, it, oh, absolutely shameless. Okay. I understand what he's trying to do, but don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Like, I understand he's trying to either take the pressure off his players or, you know, take the pressure off himself, probably a combination of both by, you know, setting the bar low, hoping, hey, if I say that it's a failure, if we don't make top four, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. But the thing is, like, it's one of the dumbest things you can possibly say. Like, when you look at a team that for – basically half the season, maybe a little bit more than half the season, was in first place, you know, winter Scudetto, which can be kind of a curse in Serie A, but they were they were the winter Scudetto winners. Like, if, if you go from that to fifth place, it's a thousand percent failure. And, and honestly, like, Milan Isti deserve better than that sort of rhetoric. I mean, if in, and obviously Pioli has been an Inter manager before, uh, but but if he was the inter manager right now, and I was in that situation, and he tried to say that missing top four wouldn't be a failure, I would be absolutely incensed. And you know, Jerry, I know that this quote got your attention as well today. Uh, what was your reaction to that when you saw that or heard that from Pioli? I think Pioli is a fucking idiot. Honestly, he's an idiot. You degrade your team like that. Like you, you, you make them feel like less is acceptable and, and more doesn't need to be offered 
Like it's it's weak mentality. It's loser mentality. Oh guys, if we lose, we lose. Who gives a shit? That's that's basically what you tell your team. And, and I hate how people were kind of like not agreeing, basically saying that he's not wrong. It, it, they were never battling for a scudetto, and it's like no, it's not the point. I'm here's the thing: the first half of the season they did very well, and they were in a good position to at least finish in top four. To not finish in top four now is unacceptable. Like. You put yourself in a good position. That's what Lazio did last year. Similar situation, guys. At the at before the COVID break, they were in first place, or they were in second. They held on. They did what they had to, and they finished in fourth. Mission accomplished. Even as Simone said, the goal was to make Champions League. Yes, we would have liked to win the Scudetto, but we made Champions League. Fast forward. Look at the revenue they made now. I think they made like 60 million or something like that on top of everything. In the long run, even though they didn't make Champions League this season, it still set them further. Whereas Milan doesn't make it, it sets them back. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't make it after next season, that's not the point. The point is you have to look now. Now is like even if they don't if they didn't make Champions League next year, it's not all bad because this year they made it. And they allowed themselves to start with a stepping stone. They, they, you need to build somewhere. Like, you can't keep on saying, oh, we should have made it last year. And we should have made it the year before. And we should have made it the year before. Like, yeah, okay, it, it's a step back for Lazio. And it's a similar situation with Milan. It's a perfect comparison because they're both in the same bubble one year after another. And Milan has to finish in the top four of what they've been able to put themselves in. Like, I, when I look, like, that's why I say, Rocky, I agree with you. Now the funds are there for Lazio because they, they they won matches to get to the round of 16. They won the additional money to get there. Um, they finished in six and made 10, $10 million on top. The money's there. Now it's up to the team to, to basically spend properly. Mm-hmm. Whereas Milan's not in that situation right now. If they don't make it to that top four spot and say, hey, we don't have the opportunity to win games in Champions League. We don't have an opportunity to, to, to earn $18 million by finishing in fourth. Like, you go in the fifth, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a disaster for Milan. It's worse than – I think it's worse than for, than you, for Juventus. For Juventus, they, they have chips that they can sell. They can right. sell they, they can sell players. Juventus not, is not in a – as much as I, I banter them, they're not as bad as – what I make them sound out to be. They're they're not in a they're not not all doom and gloomy for them. No team wins nine scudettos, misses the Champions League for one year and all of a sudden it's the end of the it's the apocalypse for Juventus. Like the first well, thing and, and I think what I think to add on to what you're saying is like Juventus I think can more easily justify starting a new project now, you know, after just being a year removed from nine straight scudetti whereas Milan, this entire project has been ramping up to get into Champions League. And if they don't, then it's harder to sell that reset. Like Juventus can easily say, hey, guys, we were on top for a freaking decade. Like, okay, eventually we have to start a new cycle. Milan have been starting the new cycle for like six years now. Yeah, I mean, Milan looks like we looked when when we were like in our darkest, you know, time. And then Spalletti came and saved us with the two top four finishes. But every single time it was, you know, on the last match day. Um, So so that's, that's what they're gearing up for. Their last yeah. match, the opponent is not one that I would have liked to have. If I, so yeah. it's going to be ugly for them, I think. I, I think it's going to be very tough if they get it. But if they get it, oh, my God, the, the, it's going to be insane. Next season, they're going to have so much momentum. Um, but to have Pioli speaking like that, 
it really shows me that what I thought all along that Zlatan is the real manager of that fucking team. And you saw it because that's when they started winning when you sure. came. If I'm Zlatan, I'm finding whatever fucking motel Pioli sleeps in and I'm kicking his ass and I'm telling him to shut his fucking mouth until after the fucking game because that's disgusting and it's ridiculous like that. You got to hype these guys up. You shouldn't be like, oh, it's okay. It's no, it's absolutely not okay. You were number one and you're going to at least finish top four. Or if I'm a Milanisi, I'm, I'm burning the fucking club down. Crazy, crazy. What do you think, Luchi, about those comments? Dan, you go ahead. Uh -huh. he's, he's not wrong at all. I, I think that when, you, when you're halfway through the season, top of the league, and you just eventually slowly fall down and fall and fall, you know, drops points to Spezia to, um, you know, there was probably a few other ones that I'm missing in there as well. But um, like, like you said, Rocky, I just think like missing Ibra, especially for this game, uh, coming up against Atalanta will be huge for them. You know, he's he's the motivator. He's the guy up there. He's yelling at, you know, Chalanoglu or Hernandez or whoever, you know, get your ass up here. Like, we need to, you know, we need to do something. Without him, without him leading the line, they just look like a different team. I know they scored, what was it, seven against Torino, but Torino's a fucking disaster, so that doesn't really count. Yeah. They should have uh, saved some of those goals for Cagliari. I think that was the problem. Right, yeah. They they wasted them all then. They thought, that, oh, let's say it, we're through. We scored seven. But now uh, Atalanta, I just think, especially when Gasp thinks about, oh, man, what can I do with another 10, 12 million if we finish second place? You know, I can bring in someone else and, and stay and do this and do that. Like, he finds good, cheap options, and he makes the, – they're always competitive. So I don't think he's going to – I hope he doesn't, you know, just let Milan come to him and, and try to try to take him. So um, I, I could see – I could easily see a draw, which – which I wouldn't be too upset about. Then again, you know, Juve's just got to go do go do their own business. It's it's up to them too, right? Nick, I'll let you close on those comments from Pioli. Yeah, you know what? For those comments, I think if he said that at the beginning of the season, everyone would have yeah would have just agreed with him because yeah. you know you know Milan's goal at the beginning of the season was top four. Oh, you know, if we don't finish it, okay, fine. Um, but considering they spent eighteen weeks in first place. And and how they've fallen and how they they lost their grip on the scudetto. Oh, it's an absolute failure. And for the coach to say that, it's it's embarrassing. When I saw that this morning, I almost felt bad for 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 Milan friend for my Milan friends because you know you don't you don't want your 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 leader to be talking like that. It's almost as if he's preparing to make excuses or kind of preparing mentally to lose to Atalanta and possibly lose out on a Champions League spot. And you know we keep talking about these games on Sunday. You know, there, there's a Coppa Italia on, on Wednesday. And I think yeah, that's right. Have, I, I, I want you guys to say your piece on that for sure. Yeah, I think it kind of could kind of have an effect on yeah. on, yeah. on yeah. Sunday because yeah, you look at it two ways. If Atalanta win, uh, maybe they'll be a two ahead of themselves. Maybe they'll still be in a party mode and they won't come up to play on Sunday. True. But then you, Juve's, Juve's obviously going to have to, you know, regardless. You, Juve's going to have to beat Bologna regardless on on. Uh, on uh, Sunday, but if if Juve wins the Coppa Italia, Atalanta is going to come out with revenge. So so from Juve perspective, you you could almost help your own cause by winning on Wednesday. You get the trophy, <laughs> you get the trophy. You know maybe a nice way to finish the cycle by getting another trophy, and then and then you're you're making Atalanta want to win more on Sunday. See, to I see it the other way around place. though. I see it the other way. I see like I know I know you, you know, do, but you they're gonna go beat Atalanta. They're gonna be like, screw <laughs> these guys, man. We're gonna lose to Milan. You screw you guys, you know? Like that's it. 
So I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't know. I, I feel like it's not, as Jerry's mentioned many, many times over the past couple of years, Gasparini's an asshole. So I feel like he won't want to lose either game. Um, so I guess that kind of benefits us. Hopefully. Jerry's eyes lit up when you said that. Like Jerry's <laughs> eyes went like, <laughs> right, Jerry. My man, I, I agree with you. Like he's 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 he wants to win, and you can't yes. fault him for that. You know that's that's exactly. how he is, and I know he comes off probably a little rough, but um, somehow he manages to pull together some some good results. So hopefully he can. Well, maybe not two wins, but at least one on Sunday, and then we'll worry about the one Wednesday on Wednesday. I, I remember when Atalanta had to play Lazio back to back midweek and the weekend off. Mm-hmm. Lazio won the Serie A match, and mm-hmm. Atalanta won the Coppa Italia match midweek, which was pretty close. And and what I realized from Atalanta is that they're not the same team when they got to play on on midweek game. So just look, look out for that. They're not they're not normally the same team. I think that that will take into effect into Sunday's game yeah. of what happens yeah, personally. Sure. Um, I think a lot of people, I know that people say that Atalanta's deep. They're deep. They're deep. You got to remember, too, they, they played, what, three games last week, and they're going to play another midweek game this week. I know Juventus is doing that the same as well. So it's both a factor. Like, they're playing, like, five games in, like, probably, what, 12 days or something like that. And it's 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 crazy. So for me, it's like, who knows? But the good thing with Atalanta is that they got you know two, three guys up top, four, even four re- realistically that can you know kind of rotate in and out and be um, you know be effective. Whether you know you have um, Muriel and Pasina play against Juve, or you have Zapata and Ilicic and Malinowski and Murinchuk and who all these like. These guys have gotten better as the year as the year kind of progressed. Um, so, like their options are there. They're only as as we know many times. Like we've said it many times this year, their defense is their is their weak point. So, if someone's going to attack them at the back three, then that's that's where you're gonna you know they're gonna you're gonna make them pay. I think people are gonna hate me, but I I think I'm I'm gonna be more pro Juve. Than, than Atalanta on Wednesday. I I, oh, I know you despise. I, I can't. I would I would rather see Pirlo win a, a fucking Coppa Italia and just have him shut everybody up. I'd rather see Atalanta win. I no, mean, listen, not, not, that, not, not, hold on. Maybe, for good reason, man. though. For good reason. And this is not fuck just that. about being a U of A hater. That team hasn't won a trophy since good. what the 1940s or some fuck shit. Him. Like, come on, fuck man. Him. I don't give a shit. I gotta hear this fucking. 1963. No, no. <laughs> I love our boy Carlo Garganeza. I love him, man. But I gotta hear this fucking top five club and money, 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 and they're successful because they keep their books in and they're so good at running their club because they're top thirty in financials and they bring in all these players. You could say so, the same about Lazio, though, balancing the books. But we, <laughs> but we won trophies. We've won trophies. True. That's the difference. True. true. I hate. I hate when people say, "Well, you don't finish in top four. Okay, fair, but we did it last year, and yeah. the circumstances are different. They have a good academy. I give them that. They have a good youth system, and that's what helps them. Uh, Lazio's youth system sucks, like, really bad, very bad. But, yeah. again, we, we still manage to get results. I, at the end of the day, success is measured by trophies. I told, I look at it. People don't remember success of, oh, good job, Inter. You finally made the fucking Champions League after seven years of a shit decade. That's fucking great. No one gives a fuck what Spalletti did. Oh, oh, he turned it around. He started it for Conte. At the end of the day, he didn't do what he had to do. 
Conte I mean, I did think, what Conte had to do. Conte did what he had to do that no other fucking inter manager could do since Jose Mourinho. He won a fucking trophy, and that's yeah. the end of that's 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 it, man. To me, I don't give a fuck what the last five guys did. You don't fucking win. You're a piece of shit. Get the fuck out of my team. I don't give a fuck. Jerry, I have to disagree with you there. I think, you know, I think in the long term, you might be correct. Like, I don't, like, I don't know if, you know, Interisti's kids are going to remember Spalletti and what he did. But I think that me, I think that Dono, for example, and anybody that saw all those painful years, I think that we all feel a a debt of gratitude to Spalletti because he did what a lot of other inter-managers couldn't do and he got that Champions League. And that's huge for us because without him, this couldn't have kick-started. Ponte wouldn't have come to Inter if it wasn't for Spalletti, you know? We wouldn't have had the finances. We wouldn't have had the, the, the appeal. Um, so so that's why I have to disagree in that regard. But, like, with Atalanta, it's, I think that they're on their way to a trophy. And I think that that's kind of the difference with Lazio and Atalanta right now is that Gasp really has them in this beautiful system. People thought Papu leaving would derail Atalanta. I was like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Their system is so perfect. Gus Brennan could find some teenager from Ukraine tomorrow, and he'd still <laughs> you'd forget who Papu Gomez was. You know, so I think Atalanta is really well run. So I can't take that away from them. I also hate them. I agree with you. I, I don't know some like to me. I can't forget when they used to be like a black cat team for us. They used to cause us some issues. So I don't oh fuck God, with Atalanta. Yeah. I hate them too, but I have to respect the way they run, like, and I can't hate on that, you know. And, and I have to respect Gasparini as a coach, even though he's a little bitch. Hey, I actually want to answer a guy's question here. He said nobody sure. brought up the idea of Napoli losing. They're, They're not. They're not, They're not fucking losing. Yeah, and and, and 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 Verona's form. Uh, yeah, Verona already stole points from them earlier this season, so it's not going to happen again. They might yeah, tie. Exactly. They might tie. They might oh, tie. Fucking tie, yeah. man. I'll give you two reasons why. With Diesel Vestri and fucking Palacio, you let the fucking retirement squad fucking score on you today. <laughs> you can't even stop the retirement squad, and you want to fucking beat a freaking what's he mean guy who's on fire and yeah, killing so people right, right now? now? Nah, no, man. Tell, tell tell Verona take a hike. That team looked like shit today. Fucking, well, I, can't, I, I can't believe Kalinic even scored a fucking goal. Never mind. I, I, I want to get in uh, round table one more thing real quick before we wrap it up because I, I I can't end the episode without mentioning. Excellent news, and this is something. No matter what club we support, we can all agree. Mancini getting extended oh, yeah. through twenty twenty six to coach the Azzurri. I feel like yeah, my good. prayers have been answered. Like finally, he's giving this team an identity. Like you think about what he inherited from uh, from Ventura, who was an absolute joke of all jokes, and how quickly Mancini ripped this team into shape. And yeah. Listen, some young talent has gotten in there and made this team a little bit better. There's no question about that. But tactically, he's done absolute wonders. And to know that you have him locked in, you know, for the next uh, five years to take this team through hopefully a very long, successful cycle that's going to go through, uh, you know, Euros and and two World Cups and two Euros before his contract runs out. This is a huge blessing. Uh, Nick, I see you nodding in agreement. How happy were you to see that today? Honestly, I, I was I was pumped because I, I was a bit worried. You know, there was a lot of talk if, you know, possibly Mancini was going to leave after 2022. Um, you know, maybe something like that could have caused a distraction too, uh, going to the Euros. So at least now it's 2026. He's locked in. He's got his job. He's the guy. And and I feel like, you know, pretty much if, if you look at Italian managers over the last, let's say, 15, 20 years, how many long-term managers were there besides Prandelli? And Prandelli, how long did he last? 20, he what, came in in 2010? Came in in 2010 and he lasted till 2014? 
Yeah, if even yeah, that long. Like yeah. Four years. So he, he yeah. did what? He did what? A Euros? Yeah, he did what? A Euros and World Cup, and he was the longest yeah. manager. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so that that's – I think that's huge. Um, I'm so pumped, obviously, for Italy. You know, what are we, another three weeks away on Friday, I think? Yeah. Three weeks away from the Euros. We Coming saw the, the, the preliminary squad three come out today. Uh, at least, you know, the team that's going to play San Marino – Obviously, Jorginho and, and Emerson aren't on that team yet because they got the Champions League final that day. I can't believe they're going to take a Champions League final over playing a friendly against San Marino. I can't believe they? that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, you should be but... able to win the San Marino game like 16 to nothing even without those guys, though, for being honest. <laughs> yeah, <they're... laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that, I mean, that's there's, there's like 100,000 people in that whole country. <laughs> like, you know, what are they going to do? <laughs> the definition of uh, a warm-up match. But, yeah. um, you know, it's it's exciting. You know, I I hope, you know, us Italians, you know, we're all we're all excited for Italy, right? This Euros, we all legitimately predicting them. To, they they have a chance to win. But oh, by I the way, I not... actually oversold San Marino. There's only like thirty five thousand people. Oh, I said a hundred thousand. Yeah, I, I, I more than doubled it. I just Googled yeah. it to, to double check it. The city, the city where I live, the suburb in a suburb of Montreal has more people than that. <laughs> Holy shit! Hey, when, but, when, uh, did, when when did Roberto Mancini take over? 2018? 20, 20, 20, 2018, yeah. Yeah, twenty eighteen. So, so tell me, this is his first official tournament now. Yeah, major tournament, Azuri, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you guys said a lot of good points here. He's got this team to play better. Uh, he ripped it apart. Continuity, uh, different mentality. And I think the one player that benefits from all this, and, and I'm not just saying because I'm allowed to offend, is oh, Immobile. No, seriously. <laughs> he, this is a guy who needs to play confident, Rocky. When he's down, he's down. That's... And when he's up, he's up. And, mm-hmm. and a guy like Mancini is like, so, like a guy like Simone Inzaghi who gets the best out of him and, and, and motivates him. And that's one thing I'll compare is that, and I think that with, with Mancini, he will get the best out of, of, out of Immobile now. Whereas Ventura really what was his excuse before? Fucking Ventura guy, fucking dis- dis- no. Mancini's been with the team two, three years now. Yeah, that's fine, but now you, he's going to be playing in a actual tournament, like actual. I get there's friendlies and all that, but now it really matters with with Immobile. I, I honestly think when it when it comes push to shove, I think he's going to show up this summer. I really do. I hope for your sake got, he does because I'm going to rip you a new one if he doesn't. He's got seven <laughs> game winners this year. Hold on, he's got seven game winners this year. He, again, he scored twenty goals. I think of his twenty goals, he scored four times in the last five years. This was the most impressive of twenty goals he scored this year. I I would say of twenty goals, only two came from the spot. I think like eighteen or seventeen or eighteen came like from um, from open play. Like he he really carried them this year in a lot of situations. And yeah. I, I I personally and, and and I say this too for two reasons. I think with Politano being in the lineup, I'm I'm curious to see how Politano plays on the right side with him if he gets inserted. I think that's pretty interesting to see how I hope, I hope he does. I'm I'm with Rocky on that one. I'm just guys. I'm I'm open. You gotta be open minded because that's how Mancini's gonna think. He's gonna be trying everything out. Well, why isn't Berardi there? Well, Berardi's not in the lineup. Was he not? He's, I, I think he, he will be. He has to be because he's yeah. been their best performer. He's, he's, you know? he's there. He's. he's I in did the not squad. even notice that. He's in well, the squad. That's the he's other player that? I was gonna say. That's the yeah, guy. Berardi. 
if anyone's good, if anyone on that right side, if it's not going to be Chiesa, it's got to be Berardi. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, Chiesa, I, Berardi, yeah. I, I say that, I agree, Berardi's the first guy with Immobile. I just think the way he plays benefits him, the way he can draw players towards him and allows Immobile to play with open space. It's but like you know why similar... Kesa would be better for Immobile because Kesa is better with pace and he puts in lower, lower, ball, lower crosses where Immobile is not that big. Come you know aerial duels, so that might benefit Immobile too. I, I, it goes just, either way. No, you're right, but I, I just find that with Kiesa, he just crosses anywhere too, even high. I don't know, like I, I just think that with 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 Kiesa, he plays with his head down a lot, and and he's like one way, whereas. With Berardi, he either likes to cut in and try to attack inside the box, or he goes outside, or because he's, he's only left-footed. I don't know. I I just seen that Immobile's best game, and I know I know it's a small sample size has come with Berardi. So that I I, I take the sample size. I see where Immobile has been best, and that's where you gotta like try to build around it and see if it continues to work out well. And that's what you go with to get Immobile going. Um. um yeah, I'm pretty nervous for Immobile. I'm not going to lie to you because I think that uh, there's a lot on his shoulders. I think that he is a bit of a choker, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest. And, and I think that for the Italian national team, for some reason, he just can't hold the weight of that jersey, at, yeah. at the moment at least. And, and I'm an Italy fan, so I'm going to be rough on him too. You know, I'm Albanian, but uh, when it comes to – I'm an Albanian, team, man. I keep winning money on you. There you go. So we, you know, me, me and Dano got a little bit of connection there. But uh, so, so I, I – I want Immobile to do well. I actually do because I think it'd be huge for his legacy. But but if he doesn't in this Euros, it, it's going to be ugly for for his legacy. Like, in Italy, you know? um, you know, right now, I think he's regarded as a bit of a system player. Like he plays mm-hmm. his best in a, with a two striker system. At Torino, when he was awesome, that's what he did. At Lazio, that's what he's done. At, at Borussia Dortmund, at Sevilla, that's what he wasn't doing, and he was really bad. So I don't know. He's a bit of a system player at the moment for me. I, I, I think the one advantage Immobile could have, at least for the group stage of the tournament, is that he's playing at his home stadium. You know, he's at home. He knows the stadium. He He's going to be, I don't know if he's going to be in his home dressing room. I don't know what, you know, room Italy's going to be taking. But he, he knows the pitch. He knows he knows everything about the stadium. It, 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 maybe it's a mentality thing. And and if he's playing in front of his home fans in his home stadium, Maybe maybe he'll have the Lazio mentality instead of having the Italy mentality, at least for the group stage. And then, you know, pot in a couple of goals in the group stage and then build up his confidence. Well, if he but, has the Lazio mentality, they're going to Europa League. They're not going very far. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, he's called out. You know, honestly, his mentality is not Europa League. He's called out a lot of his players recently that they, they need to start having a, a Champions League mentality where these guys don't play hard enough. I know Fucking Mark uh, Mario, fucking <laughs> fucking guy. Um, what did he mobile do against Bayern, for example? It's like I know it's Bayern. I'm not saying it's easy, but but Lazio got spanked. I, I was actually thinking Lazio could do a little bit of something. It's sure, like, start Patrick in the back end. That's what you fucking get, man. The guy made a Superman dive. But Immobile disappeared in those games, too. Like, my thing is, I, I think Immobile needs to take a little bit more ownership, of uh, the Italian team especially. And I think that if he doesn't get off the ground running, like, if he doesn't score in those first two games, I think it's yeah. time to finish him for the rest of the tour. I don't think he's, it's, anything's going to come out of him, you know? Yeah. How many chances is he going to get for the national team and not, you know, commit? I think Moise Keane, 
in my opinion, should, should have been the number one striker for the. I like him, man. He's he's still very young. He can grow into it. He's got to he's got to mature a little bit as well, Moise can mm-hmm. because uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, is the second choice. If it doesn't yeah. work with Immobile, no, I understand. It's going to be Bolotti. Moise yeah. team's lucky if he fucking smells, smells the grass. I'll tell you that much. Well, I, I, I want to. Uh, I want to wrap it up on that note. I want to give everybody a chance to promote what they're up to. Uh, it's a pleasure having Nick back on the show. We love bringing on Calcio guys. Uh, we really love what you guys are doing. So, Nick, let the people know where they can find you and where they can find your awesome podcast. Usually, usually it's uh, usually it's Adriano. I know he's watching now. It's usually it's him advertising our social medias. But you could follow us, Calcio guys, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we do our podcast every week, uh, put it out on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google podcast, all the streaming platforms. Um, you have my Twitter name there, Nicholas underscore Calcio. You could reach out Adriano underscore, uh, Adriano underscore Calcio or third guy of our podcast, Janny, Janny rules 27 on Twitter. We love we're, him. Uh, too. He's great. We're, we're, we're a fan of, we're fans of, uh, different teams, which, uh, which makes it fun. Uh, well, between the three weeks. of you, you have four teams, which is the incredible part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and between the three of us, we each got a team in the Champions League race this weekend. So it's gonna be a fun. Uh, it's gonna be a fun time on, for the culture guys. That's so good. Well, what about you, Lucci? You doing any writing these days? What have you been up to? I've uh, I've decided to hold off until after the season. I don't want to. You've been spending anyone. all your time lifting, man. You're in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to do something. I can't do anything else here in Canada. So uh, my <laughs> options are limited. But, uh, yeah, I think once um, after the season, uh, you know, maybe during Euros, I'm going to start re- get some some uh, articles out there and talk some Italy, talk some Juve transfers. Hopefully we'll have some money to do something, and we'll take it from there. You can follow me on Twitter, Daniele Luch over here. There it is. And, By the uh, way, yeah. is, is Canada still fucking closed? Dude, yeah. I, two, yeah. two nights ago, two nights ago, I went to a bare-knuckle boxing event, and you're not Jesus. allowed to leave your fucking living room. This is Florida, baby. Yeah. This is how we do yeah. in Florida. It's, it's tough, man. <laughs> how many people are dying there, though, man? Uh, uh, it's getting better, man, because a lot of people are getting vaccinated, and you know, the people who don't want to get vaccinated, whatever, they're, they're not getting it. I've, I'm, I've, I've got my two doses. I'm, uh, I'm good, man. I'm not worried about nothing. Uh, huge thanks to Racky Bobby, as always, for joining. Oh. I mean, as always, his second time on with us, but we love having him. I'm sure we're going to invite him again. Let the people know where they can find you. Anything you want to promote, man? You already know. Ask not Champagne Poppy. RockyBobbyTwitter.com right now. You know, I got some things cooking, like I said last time, so just stay tuned to the Twitter, and you'll know. And uh, I'm glad to be out here always. I'm a friend of the show. I'm a friend to you, Jerry Mancini. Even though you hate Mauricio, I'll always be your friend, Jerry. You know that. <laughs> so, so I'll be back anytime you guys want me. I'm there, you know? I don't, I don't, hate, all, I don't hate all Albanian players. I I, I support a villain, Barisha, even though half the fucking you like? I, lo- I fucking love Strakosha. Freeze Strakosha, man. Come on. That's crazy. I can't believe he's yeah. in Dutch, bro. I can't. I'm so disappointed. You know what? As much as I hate Marici, I will never hate Strakosha. I actually wrote an article about about him, so it'll be coming out, buddy. And, and it's yeah, basically, how he just got really disrespected this season. Like, oh my god, I, I don't know, man. Apparently, his knees are bad, but I don't, I don't, I don't buy that until I hear an actual doctor discuss his health. <laughs> Jerry like, needs it, proof. <laughs> I need proof, man. I don't need. Gazetta della Sport telling me we have reports tonight that Sharkosha huh. has one fucked up knee and the other one went up his ass. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, man? I would believe that report. Those these Italian outlets are all fucking bullshit, man. I'm sorry, they're all 
they're all fucking out to ruin their teams. Even their own fucking teams outlets are fucking bad too. I love the Italian papers because you can see one one headline that says you know, Inter are in so much financial ruin that, you know, Conte and Marotta are not going to be back. They may not be able to afford to register for Serie A. And then you scroll down half a page, the next headline is, Inter want to sign Rodrigo DePaul. Like, <laughs> well, hold on. I thought we were bankrupt going down to Serie B, and now you're telling me we're signing Rodrigo DePaul. Well, I, I, the latest rumor today was um, Romelu Lukaku will be going to Chelsea if Conte leaves Inter. Yeah, it's been that's been going on a lot. So it, it is what it is, man. It's 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 massive hysteria. But I'll, I'll close out the episode on that note. Huge thanks to everyone for joining us. You can follow me, by the way, at Alex Dono on Twitter. You can check out uh, my outside of this wonderful podcast, of course. And by the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the audio feed. It's great to listen to in the car, on a jog, whatever you have going on. So go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Search Calcio Connection. If you're listening to audio, make sure you guys know you can watch us on YouTube as well. Just subscribe to our channel, Calcio Connection. You guys can also hear me daily from 3 until 6 p.m. on OnsideRadio.com. We will talk to everyone next time on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao. Ciao, y'all. Ciao.